Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody? You are officially entering into the final episode of our latest bonus series, the Throwback Series. These are conversations with many of our favorite artists dating all the way back to 2014. Today, I get to sit down with Chris Cole, all right, singer-songwriter from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We met in the backyard of a friend's home that he was doing live music for. This must have been 2020. 11, 2012. I mean, Chris is one of the first artists we ever worked with. He was definitely one of the featured guests at our Love Come Alive music festivals that we did back in the day. He was also one of our headliners for all of our Glory conferences, which was a a really amazing conference we did for college students, for artists and musicians back in 2012, 2013, 2014, all the way through 2015. Really great stuff. And I can't wait to hear this conversation because it came out right around the same time that we helped Chris release his EP, all right? He's only got a little bit of music out there that's actually recorded, like studio quality recorded stuff. He's got some live tracks here and there, but this is one of the few complete projects he ever released. And we get to talk all about it today and just remember sort of the the joy of this friendship that again is very foundational to Love Good. So sit back and enjoy this 2014 conversation with Chris Cole. Silver and gold don't shine brighter than your soul. pleasure this morning sitting down with Chris Cole. What's going on, Chris? Not too much. Good morning. It's not our first time or our last time, I'm sure, to be uh, collaborating, working together, hanging out. But there's a lot of folks who probably still don't really know a whole lot about you. So I'm interested, as I'm sure many of them are, and in, in, uh, just a little bit of your story, what got you to this point. I don't know. I kind of I don't think of things in terms of like these dates and events as much as just whenever I've been hanging out with certain people. Um, and that's been, that's been the ride. Um, it's been meeting just a lot of fun, interesting, talented, creative people. Um, and not only getting to see them work, but maybe put my two cents in every now and then. And, um, yeah, and just, and just have fun. How many times have you been through this recording process? Obviously, right now we've got four brand new singles that everybody's excited to hear, and no one's hearing them uh, but our patrons first. But there's obviously uh, not only a, a tremendous amount of preparation in the songwriting process and pre-production, but then just the you know sometimes grueling pace in the studio and working with all these different personalities and talented folks, especially here in Nashville. What, what has that process been like for you from, from start to finish? Right. Well, um, one of the first things I recorded, I recorded Irish Girl. Um, it was just a single. Um, that process was basically, I showed up and played the song, and the guy recorded it, and then he emailed it to me. Um, so it really wasn't anything like this. Um, probably my first, just like kind of getting a taste of what it's like and the, the, uh, to really dive into the process and really see this and um, try to see this, this whole thing work um, was last spring when I was recording my EP again and again um, and worked with Alan. Um, and I, was, I felt really green going into that. Um, but 
but I don't know, maybe once again, just like when you're lucky enough to be surrounded by good people, like you kind of just, you kind of forget that you're in this thing and it's a process and it's a task and you kind of just get in the moment and it's a, it's just a lot of fun. Um, and so that was probably the first time, like I was doing some real recording. Um, and I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, my, my jaw is kind of dropping as I'm watching all these guys play. Like they're, they're amazing. And it's, and there's regular guy, regular guys and they're just having a ton of fun. Um, and so that, that was probably like the first, I don't know, I think something to really learn from, um, was that. And, uh, and so it was great to be able to work with Alan again. Um, just, we're friends now. And so since, especially since the EP and living here in Nashville, um, and that means a lot, I think, just to be able to kind of just hang out and relate. Because a lot of this is me having some idea in my head of like all these sounds and what, what I want it to feel like. Um, and language sometimes falls very short. And so it's about how you kind of connect and just explaining things and you find yourself making weird noises and trying to tap out things. And, you know, and then sometimes I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. And then he tells these guys and they play it. And so, um, there's all these little subtle things that, um, it's really hard to explain. And, and I don't know that I could learn any, any other way than just diving in and doing it. I stand in awe of songwriters and just the process of a melody or an idea or an experience unfolding into a, a beautifully crafted, you know, three, four or five minute song. Um, how did you decide for the EP? How did you decide this time around what, what was ready and what you were proud enough uh, to then share? Um, well, at least for me, I don't think, I don't think I've ever recorded songs and been completely uh, or hundred percent confident. Um, it, <laughs> it's, it's maybe like asking the girl out on the first date. Like you're really excited about it. You know, you want to do it, but they're still like, I don't know, not this week. I don't know. Like maybe this later, maybe not this one. I don't know. I don't, maybe that's, I don't know if that's a good analogy, but it's, um, I still feel nervous about it. And even in the studio, like I, I'm not like, yeah, this is the hit. This is it. Like, I don't, I'm just like, I think let's try to have fun with this. And, um, I think whenever I start, like I get some feedback from friends. Um, like I got like a few people that I, I trust to kind of listen to some of these ideas. And, and, um, it's been good to have people that you trust. Um, and so with that, you're just kind of like taking a chance on something. And, uh, it's the fun part about recording has not been, here's this bullet list of things to go do and get accomplished, but it's mm. to kind of be in a space, kind of have an idea and a vision and kind of explore that and, um, and see what happens. And I know, um, with, with these four songs that I just recorded, um, as well as the EP, um, there's definitely things that turned out very differently than I, I anticipated and I initially planned. Um, but those were all very good things. Like it was a lot of fun and it's, uh, I would not want to be doing this if I didn't have any surprises and uh, any uh, pleasant surprises. Mm, it's really cool. Well, I know that even for me getting to hear these new songs, it's like Christmas morning over and over again. And uh, I'm really particularly intrigued by two of the ones that you've recorded this time of the round that were essentially commissioned. I mean, obviously I love the way that um, the church and particularly wealthy patrons have rallied behind architects and uh, visual artists through the centuries and obviously great composers, but it's it's a whole new concept to me to rally behind a modern day singer songwriter. It's been a really cool thing to to write songs for other people because usually it's this very uh, inward process to 
to write a song because it's usually based on what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And um, it's a really cool thing to kind of like dive into someone else's life, you know, and they're kind of saying like, hey, this is my experience um, and try to in some ways be an architect. You like take their ideas and like what they want and you try to construct something. Um, and so I feel so privileged um, to like to be asked to do that. Like it's just a lot of fun. Um, and and for me playing music, if this is just me some way to kind of like, I don't know, exercise my emotions, it it doesn't have as much worth to me. But whenever I can feel like I'm doing something and it's a gift, um, it has more worth because of how it connects me to other people. Um, and then, and then I'm giving something to somebody like that's, that's so worth my time. And that's a lot of fun. Um, the song we dance, uh, was commissioned for, uh, the EP or at the time of the EP. Um, I, I funded some of the EP with Kickstarter. Mm. And so, um, I had like a certain level of donors and they, um, they, you know, if they gave so much, I would write them a song. Um, the the person who asked me to write this song, I'm actually pretty good friends with her. And um, she, <laughs> when I asked her initially, like, hey, you know, what do you want me to write the song about? And this is the first time I've ever really done this. She said that, you know, like, I love to dance, but my husband doesn't like to dance. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so, you know, like, um, but what she says, she's like, but you know, I think our relationship is kind of like a dance. Um, and I, and at first I was like, I don't know what to do with that at all. Um, but after like s- sitting with it a little bit, um, I really liked it. And um, I'm not married, um, but to be able to like talk to someone who's married, um, who can still have this like really intense love, but is also very, um, very honest about like, what's difficult about, you know, being married and having to live with someone else and having, they have four little girls. Um which, you know, like, it's not like it's all sitting on the beach for her. Daddy's um, got to learn how to dance before. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, maybe by the last one gets married, he'll know. Um, but so it was, it was such a cool thing to kind of sit in that and try to understand that. Cause I felt like I'm, I'm writing a song for these people, but I'm also learning a lot about just kind of what it is to be an adult, <laughs> you know, and, um, and get married and what it's like to, to really love. Um, and so I tried to capture that in the song. Well, tell me, like, this song in particular, where did it begin? Uh, was there a particular line or a particular melody? You know, do you remember where you were when you were first sitting down to to bring this song to life? Yeah, I do. I was in, um, so I was, I was kind of in between places in Nashville, and I'm staying at one of my friend's parents' house, and I'm sitting on the floor uh, of my friend's old bedroom, and... Uh, my friendship uh, with the lady I wrote it for, it's, we're just friends and we like to joke around. And so like, I think I initially wanted this to be kind of like, kind of quirky, kind of fun. Um, and, and when the subject matter is like, my husband doesn't dance, like I thought, I thought it would just be kind of like a fun song. Um, but as I kind of sat with it and started kind of just trying to list things that I experienced with dancing and then what she was describing as a relationship, um, it felt, um, it felt like I couldn't just make a joke. Like it, it, there was something deeper and there was something a little more real. Um, and uh, I think one of the lines is, um, it's the ups and downs that teach us how to love. Um, and so I kind of, being from South Louisiana, whenever we do the two-step, it's kind of a little bouncy. And so I kind of 
would just kind of envision myself dancing, but then kind of like what I thought about. Um, and there's like, there's these things you learn, but you have to do this with someone and you have to be in a rhythm. And, um, and <laughs> I mean, just anybody who's ever tried to dance, you're going to ask some girl and then you're going to miss the beat. You're going to, you're going to like step on her shoes and they're probably really nice. And she'll give you a look and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> and, um, and so, but there's a decision where you're like, do you just walk off the dance floor or do you, do you keep going at it and try to have fun? And, mm-hmm. um, and so much of, I think, yeah, well, relationships in, in life, it's, it's not what happens. It's kind of how you react to it. Mm. Um, and so kind of thinking all of these things, it was like, ah, I kind of want this to be real. I want mm. this to be um, something really sincere and kind of hit those things that she was talking about. Because whenever mm. she did talk about her marriage, it wasn't just like laughs and jokes. It was, it was something that was, um, it just meant so much to her. Like, this is her life. This is her heart. Um, and so I tried to honor that. Now, but this last song, um, the Cajun one, I'll never be able to pronounce it, but tell us a little bit more about that and <laughs> even your relationship with your granddad and what led to wanting to record this song. Sure. Well, the, the song is Red du Solar, and um, it means drunkard stream. Um, it's not necessarily repro- uh, uh, supporting being drunk or anything like that. But um, this, is, this is an old song that was one of my grandfather's favorites. And uh, my grandfather is someone who, he really introduced music to me um, in kind of a different way. And he didn't sit around and try to teach me things, um, but I watched him really love music. I watched him hear a song and then the rest of the world just kind of floated away and, um, and he just enjoyed it. And uh, he did that with a lot of different things. And I was really close to him. And uh, like I said, there wasn't some like formal teaching that he gave me, but I just kind of watched him live and watch him enjoy things. And um, so part of my family is Cajun. My grandfather's a guy who grew up speaking French, um, then learned English when he went to school. And so I think, yeah, I, I was so ready to get out of South Louisiana when I was growing up. And then I left and realized home is kind of a cool place and it's really unique. And, um, no one else that I really know is recording some of this old music and, and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do it as a, as a gift to gift for him. It's really cool, man. It's really cool. Well, I, I tell you, it's been such a joy watching this process unfold because we've never done this before, you know, with Love Good Music. I really can't wait to hear what our patrons think. And I think a big part of this for me is just to share the joy of watching you guys and the process unfold and knowing that, you know, with all these folks out there who, who believe in you guys uh, specifically, uh, and then as a community of artists, just the joy of watching uh, beauty come into the world that otherwise may never be seen or heard. Um, so thanks for being a part of this. I think I speak sure. on behalf of everybody that it's, it's just a really fun thing. And to now finally give folks a little glimpse into the process, a little behind the scenes, I think is a cool next step for us as Love Good Music too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, this whole year has been, um, I'm just so grateful. Like I'm so grateful that people have taken a chance on me, um, have had confidence in me, and uh, people like like yourself, um, working with people like Alan Parker, um, this is great. I'm 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 so excited. And I feel really lucky, and uh, and I hope, kind of what I'm doing, what I'm writing, and what I'm recording, um, is a sufficient way to give back. Mm. It's awesome, man. The last thing I'm going to ask is, what are you most 
excited about right now in your life, either personally or professionally. You've got some really cool trips coming up. Obviously, we're in the process of booking a summer tour. So by the time people are listening to this interview footage, hopefully they'll be revving up for house concerts and amphitheater, uh, you know, park amphitheater concerts and other places across the country where you'll be traveling to visit with patrons and share these songs live, sometimes for the first time. Um, sure. But, but just what's going on in, in your life in the next year, six months, two months that you're, you're most excited about? Um, well, the so it was May that I was teaching uh, at a high school, and then the, the school year ended, and I tried to do this music artist thing full-time. Um, and so it's been really interesting. But this this whole year, especially having the chance to record a lot, is kind of laying this foundation. Um, and so I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. Um, I think part of this lifestyle is you kind of don't really see a month or two months ahead of you, <laughs> um, which can sometimes be scary, but it's it's fun. It's an adventure. Uh, most immediately I, after this, I'm getting in my car and I'm driving down to New Orleans and I'm going to the Mardi Gras. And I'm so excited about that. Uh, I've missed it last couple of years because I've been up here trying to meet and play and record and that sort of thing. Um, but after that, uh, I'm taking a trip to Spain. I'm going to be doing the Camino de Santiago, and I'm really excited about that. Um, just not only to go see a beautiful place and um, and hopefully eat some good food, which I'm excited about as well, um, but just to kind of take that time for um, for some isolation uh, from exploring, and, and I'm, I'm hoping to do a good bit of riding with that. Um, and then whenever I come back from that trip, I'm hoping to hit the ground running and, and playing some shows. Um, and so just try to get out there and hopefully give people a good time. It's really cool, man. Well, I know our prayers go with you. A lot of people will be uh, just thinking about you and praying for you from a distance here the next couple of months of your own personal travels. And then, you know, I, I know part of the joy of being with Kevin, Hyder, Alanda Marie Boudreaux, other artists is you know you're not alone in this pursuit of a gift that you have and a desire to give it away. Uh, but know that there's hundreds of patrons rallying as well who just, uh, like me, believe so much in who you are and what you have to offer. So uh, thanks for sharing these stories, sure. man. Thank uh, you, this man. is hopefully the first of many to come. Sure. Yeah, thank you so much. You're my lady, star of the sea. The stars came down from heaven and crowned you queen. You might be the reason I could stay. Oh, it pains me to say it, but we have finally come to the final episode of our throwback series. Such a joy getting to remember this friendship, these kind of conversations, and, and just the brilliant artistry of Chris Cole and, and so many others like him, right? We had Nick Fabian before him, then Cimarelli, Colin Kerwin, Kevin Hyder, all the way back to Rebecca Rubion right before Christmas. And I have to say, these conversations are beautiful reminders of why I, I got out of the music industry. There was a point where I was doing a lot of internships at, at record labels and publishing companies. I was even doing artist management for a while. I was living on tour buses and traveling the world, and it was great. There was so much about it that I really did love. But the thing is, I, I had a hard time living with the sort of commercialization of art that is very typical of the music industry. You know, you see a lot of artists being used and abused and simply monetized. And what I wanted more than that was friendship, an exchange of, of life, an, an exchange of ideas, an exchange of dreams that could really help shape our culture and, 
and build it more and more towards the civilization of, of love and of decency and of virtue and ultimately of faith that so many of us long for. And so I'm just really grateful that we've been able to re-release these conversations that took place long before there was such a thing as a Love Good podcast. And again, just be reminded of where we came from. Next week, we are launching season five of the podcast. Can you believe that? Season five of the Love Good podcast. It's also the first Tuesday in February, happens to be Groundhog Day. And I'll be sitting down with the one and only Marisol Alasea, who was going to be a regular contributor in season five, which is super exciting because no one is in better touch with our artists or in better touch with our patrons than Marisol. And we get to kind of lay the foundation for this brand new season, but to also really lay this foundation for not only a podcast season, but really this, this new era for Love Good. You know, it sounds silly to use the word era when you're talking about clusters of years, right? Not even a full decade that we've been in existence, but it does feel like the Lord is doing something very, very new in Love Good right now. We're very excited about it. And next week we're going to reflect on it pretty hard. So you guys have a wonderful final week of January. We'll see you next week when I sit back down with Marisol Alice. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.